four. Get my shoes on out the door. Five, I'm alive. Six, seven, eight, feeling great. Nine, gonna shine, life is good. I'm doing fine. Ten, gonna do it right and do it again, yeah. I look into the sky with all the beautiful color, but there's more than just for me, so gonna share it hey with everyone, another. Welcome to this edition of Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast. I am Jim Williams, your host. Now, we just happen to have a new presenter. She's a young woman from Canada. Her name is Missy Bratt, and trust me when I tell you, my friends, you are going to want to see more of Missy right on the pages of Lingerie Lowdown, the website. Missy, welcome to the podcast. Let's talk a little bit about how you got involved in Lingerie Lowdown. So they sent me an email, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the time I was insanely busy and did not have the time. We had tried to work something out, but at the time I was so busy. I was modeling almost full time at the time and I, Mm -hmm. I just didn't have the time frame. and then life kind of slowed down the last year or so. So I reached out again, um, probably back in July, I want to say, and Mm -hmm. we had chit chatted for a couple of days and sorted everything out and what over all the details and I I've seen so many of my friends who have been a part of it and mm-hmm. as a lingerie collector I guess you could mm-hmm. say I own most of my wardrobe is lingerie it just seemed like a perfect fit for me to start actually talking about the stuff that I'm wearing on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis because I, I model professionally and and it just mm-hmm. made sense well there you go you know it's funny um You've, we've got a couple of um, uh, of our favorite people, um, of course, and that would be Hazel Roots and Ms. Bellatrix, who are mm-hmm. also from your part of Canada. Uh, so the um, the central part of Canada is well represented on Lingerie Lowdown. Yeah, there's quite a few of us. I've I've definitely noticed over the last. I don't know, probably two years or so, where suddenly a lot of the the local girls are getting involved. Even a couple of the guys that I know uh, used to be involved, and it's just mm-hmm. it's been it's been really interesting to see my home city get represented so much because we're kind of the butt of a lot of jokes. I'm sure you've seen Winnipeg come up on like The Simpsons, where they say mm-hmm. we're from here. What's your excuse? It's it's a running joke here. So seeing seeing the place I I've spent the last entirety of my life uh, has been has been really cool to just see us represented in in multiple industries. That isn't just the tech sector, which is where a lot of our people are are going into. So seeing seeing us being able to represent in more of the arts industry is really nice. Well, you know, um, I've been to Winnipeg a number of times myself. And uh, I got to say that um, there's a very vibrant art scene in Winnipeg and the North has been. We actually last weekend was uh, an event called Nuit Blanche. It is uh, one of our mm-hmm. biggest art events that we have going on every year. It happens the last weekend of September every year. And it's been going on for over 12 years now. I couldn't tell you exactly how many mm-hmm. years it's been going on. And it's, it's, essentially an opportunity for people to put art art installations throughout the city so we have like a big huge art installation in one of our our central neighborhoods where it's i think it's something like four thousand bicycles wow massive massive art installation so winnipeg's art and cultures is 
absolutely massive all summer long. That's all we do. Well, now, as a creative person yourself and as a model, what uh, got you into modeling? Is that something you always wanted to do or is it something kind of found you? Well, it kind of went hand in hand with photography. So I went to college for photography. Mm -hmm. And when I started in college, I had done, I think, two modeling gigs. And they weren't like paid or anything. They were just Mm -hmm. for fun. And we, uh, I I really fell in love with it. I had somebody send me a message online one day and we met up for coffee and talked about it. And I, I asked him, I was like, why did you reach out to me out of all people? And at the time Mm -hmm. I looked very different than what people see me as now. People see me as a very specific aesthetic. And back then I, I didn't look like this. I, I looked fairly plain. I looked, looked like I could definitely blend in with the crowd. Um, Mm -hmm. And I decided to just give it a try. I was like, well, if this one random person thinks I can do it, I don't see why I can't. So I went out and I started building up a portfolio and socializing and meeting new people. And it was just kind of snowballed from there from being a 20 something year old young girl who didn't really know what she wanted in the world to suddenly having a little bit of a cult following, at least here in Winnipeg, it's, I mm-hmm. get recognized when I go get coffee quite regularly, mm-hmm. which is a very surreal feeling. It's very imposter syndrome where you think that you're still a nobody, but apparently there's there's some people in the city who definitely recognize me. Um, and it just went from there. And I took a bit of a break last year, uh, just trying to figure out kind of the direction I wanted to take my life. and. Mm-hmm. as of February I kind of jumped back into it and it's been a lot of like rebuilding my brand and rebuilding kind of what I want to be known for especially with the Instagram censorship it can be really difficult to do any sort of art nude work so I you know built up my own website and I'm working with that and working with lingerie lowdown and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's been a really good opportunity to just be creative without needing to be good at traditional media so sketching or painting or things like that because I can't I can't do that to save my life Mm -hmm. that's okay neither can I Uh, but um, if that were the case I would if somebody forced me to make a living as a someone who's a painter or a sketch artist I would I would be stick figured and I would not be doing much of anything. But yeah, uh, see, I can't. There are many different areas of there. There are there are many sources of creativity. Thank goodness. And uh, let's talk about your aesthetic. Uh, what is it? You're now rebranding, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about your new brand. Let's let's uh, let's talk about that aesthetic. What you want to get out there? What is Missy and what is Missy trying to make certain that the world knows about her? So my aesthetic. Uh, I guess traditionally known as kind of an alternative girl is is probably what a lot of people see me as. Um, and yeah, I guess I could be put into that category. I don't strongly believe in in categories. I am um, a queer woman, so I I mm-hmm. represent a, a large portion of of the world who is queer, and it's important mm-hmm. to me to have that kind of representation in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that. Um, I really went, if you go onto my website, I'm really working hard at 
building a space where people can come to to get education on sex positivity and things like that. I am a huge advocate for strong sex ed and I don't know about the states where you guys have different um, different laws for each state and I know there's been a lot of controversy around that in the last six months or so but in Canada we've also had our fair share of controversy that doesn't hit mainstream news and it does really bother me that we have our children who aren't being educated and to me, that's that's where I stand, and that's where I want to to really put my focus is being able to educate people on safe sex and the correct knowledge instead of these young kids not understanding how to how to approach the topic of sex. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I've been. Is I've worked in the sex industry for a couple of years now, where I used to work in sex shops and. I mm-hmm. have always enjoyed the topic of sex, so it's important to me to really reach out with that. And my aesthetics kind of come into that because I I have this very unique look and people, I often get stopped to talk about mm-hmm. my dreadlocks or my tattoos or mm-hmm. the weird metal I have put in my face. So mm-hmm. it I, I look at it as a way to start a conversation. I mean, yes, I love the way I look. I have been trying to get this specific aesthetic since I was in high school. Um, mm-hmm. But it is it is a really great opportunity to start a conversation. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have two members of my family, two um, nieces um, who identify as queer. Mm-hmm. And um, they are constantly battling with the... Um, stereotypical situation that queer cannot be sexy. Um, They, you know, are more, uh, I guess, would fall into the category of femme. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, you know, they, they, they just argue that the fact is that, you know, that the LGBTQ plus community in and to itself sometimes has battles within the community. I just had that uh, conversation actually over the weekend. That, that you can't, you know, if you can't get accepted within your own community, it's, that's a, that's a major problem. I find it's quite common uh, among queer women that um, if you are femme, you're not queer enough, at least in my experiences. Um, I, have dated quite a few very femme looking women and Mm -hmm. in general I've found that when people approach us or friends approach us they always assume that um, I am assuming a more masculine role just due to Mm -hmm. how I present myself and how I look outwardly to the world Um, Mm -hmm. but that's never the case I've never found it where people assume that both parties can be very femme and very female presenting um mm-hmm. but there is that that disconnect in the lgbt world that if you don't fit perfectly into their box sometimes mm-hmm. people get a little worried because they worry that 
our community is being misrepresented and that can be really difficult for people to see that the, they feel their community where they feel safe is being targeted or being um, brought down from the inside. And I think it's just comes from years and years and years of oppression. So people are very mm -hmm. kind of, they're kind of gun shy. So mm -hmm. people are just trying to protect their space where they feel safe. And I think if more people just have open and honest conversations, we can surpass the spot that we're currently at and having mm -hmm. spaces where um, trans people of all types can be welcome and queer mm -hmm. women of all types can be welcome and queer people of color feel welcome in all spaces. Mm -hmm. um, I strongly believe that that's where the world is going to go just because we've already come so far and the conversations are still happening and we're still willing to have those conversations. I think if people are no longer willing to have those conversations, that's when there's a problem. And yeah. right now, everybody is willing to have that conversation, whether it be a positive conversation or a negative conversation. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of learning how to communicate and learning how to communicate your feelings in a meaningful way. Well, it's interesting too, because um, again, through, um, through lingerie, there's no reason why um, queer women of all stripes cannot feel as if there's something there that you cannot wear, fashion in and to itself. I think there's there's a stereotype on what's sexy and mm -hmm. especially when you're looking at women um women tend to be told that sexy is you know lace and pink frills and things like that um that's not necessarily the case though I I no. find mm -hmm. I own a couple of pairs of boxers that some days that's what I feel good in and mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to wear because that's what I feel good in. And I think mm -hmm. sexy is just whatever makes you feel good, but that's not how the media portrays it. And as a queer woman, I, I've actually really started leaning into trying to make a more masculine look, look sexy without having people assume my, my gender identity or my, mm -hmm. my sexual orientation. So if I feel more comfortable wearing boxers that day, then that's what I feel more comfortable wearing. And I think really expressing that, that make, that can make you feel sexy and that can make you feel like a million dollars, then that's what you need to wear versus trying to wear something because that's what society tells you. Because if you're not comfortable wearing pink frilly lace, why would you wear it? And there are so many people who wear things just because that's what society and the media tells you is what you're supposed to be wearing. The other part of the equation, to your point, is that, you know, boxer shorts, men's um, dress shirts, mm -hmm. you know, have long been uh, thought of as, you know, a sexy combination on a woman. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be. I mean, again, it's a totally different gender concept because you're wearing something that traditionally would not be worn, but at the same time, done properly, in, and it's all in your head. I mean, sex is in the mind. 
what's sexy to you is in your head and you know in my head right um and that's that's where it is it's not what the media tells you it is it's not what other people tells you it is it's whatever you think in your own head is sexy and in each person has a different uh, concept of what that might be yeah but there is a degree of pressure that you know the media portrays so going to the topic of the dress shirts on the boxers um mm-hmm. you go on to any romantic comedy movie that you're gonna watch pick any one that has that scene in it it's always a heterosexual couple and it's that post-sex glow that you're you're seeing on screen versus Mm -hmm. the reality of it which is I grabbed a pair of boxers out of my drawer to go make breakfast and I'm drinking Mm -hmm. my coffee in my boxers and whatever whether it be a sports bra or a tank top or a Mm t-shirt that I just grabbed out of my drawer um, people don't necessarily view that kind of disheveled the the reality of the disheveled person who's just trying to make coffee in the morning because they have to go to work, um, mm-hmm. that's not usually viewed as sexy. And I mean, it's not a very sexy time of the day. Nobody really wants to be seen at six in the morning when you're under caffeinated. But I think that's also the difference is media portrays, you know, you have to be sexy all the time versus the reality is nobody's sexy at six in the morning when they're getting ready for work and they haven't even had time to wash their face yet. So I think, I think this idea of constantly feeling that pressure is difficult for a lot of people to handle. And it's an absurd idea in my mind that you have to feel like a a sex God 24 seven, when in reality, sometimes you just feel like a potato and that's okay. Okay. I mean, I agree. Because at the end of the day, it's what you and your partner think. It's not what anybody else I don't else even think thinks. it has anything to do with your partner. I think it's whatever you think. If if you feel really good wearing boxer shorts and mm-hmm. a tank top, and yeah, you do want to put some effort in for your partner, and they do matter, but at the end of the day wear what makes you feel good. I I've had partners in the past who will criticize or insult what I'm wearing. And that outfit maybe was something I felt really good in. Mm-hmm. And then when my partner sits there and, and criticizes or mocks me for what I'm wearing, that can really have an effect on how you view yourself. And I know I've had those outfits where I felt really good in them. And then my partner has said something. And even now putting that outfit together, I, I still question whether or not it's as attractive as I thought it was so I think it's a matter of feeling good in your own skin and not needing anybody else's permission to feel good in your own skin well that's I mean at the end of the day when we're talking about lingerie right um, lingerie is something that most people don't see during the course of the day um that depends. It, I mean, if you're me, a lot of people see your lingerie at the end of the day because I am too okay. lazy to put on a real shirt. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. But um, but what I'm saying in this point, Miss Missy, is this: that to your point, it is putting yourself in a good state of mind. Okay. If you if you wake up in the morning and think, okay, today 
I, I want to wear boxers today, I want to wear this particular outfit, whatever that may be. It's putting yourself in a good state of mind to conquer the day. And whatever mm-hmm. that is, whatever that outfit may be to empower yourself, then that's the outfit that's good for you. Exactly. So, there's, yeah, there's just a degree of wanting to blend in, I think, with society and with your surroundings. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's it's very difficult. I don't blend in ever unless I'm at, I don't know, uh, a music festival Then I might blend in a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. There is There's a lot of just wearing what you want to wear that makes you feel good that day, whether it be dressing very femme that day because you are feeling really pretty and doing Mm -hmm. a full face of makeup or dressing really down and wearing you know just a basic t-shirt and jeans and Mm -hmm. just putting your hair up in a ponytail because that's what's making you feel good that day but I think there's a lot of people who almost feel compelled to dress the way that society sees it or Mm -hmm. wants to see it and then you know, there there becomes this huge pressure uh, that we put on ourselves when in reality, everybody is just worried about themselves and nobody actually mm-hmm. is looking at you and criticizing you in their, in their head, whether it be, you know, a person you pass on the bus or a person that you meet at the coffee shop in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. it's everybody's kind of worried about themselves and I think that's something very important to remember is is that in general most people don't really care they're they're more worried about what you think of them versus worrying about what they think of you it's interesting um we've had many presenters come on um one who um stands out that um I can recall um, who uh, Mina Lee? She's uh, lives in San Francisco, and Mina uh, basically talks specifically about the fact that oftentimes she will just wear some of her best lingerie under sweats because to her, you know, that's comfort. She wants mm-hmm. she wants the fact that she's got something, you know, sexy and comfortable for her. But at the same time, dressing down. It's not like she has to wear, you know, a great outfit to make herself feel comfortable. She wants to feel comfortable, but at the same time, she wants to feel sexy too. That I I can definitely attest to doing stuff like that. I've definitely worn some of my favorite underwear and thrown on a pair of super baggy sweats because it's just it it feels good, you know, not having to worry about necessarily what I have on but knowing that Mm -hmm. when I come home at the end of the day I'm still gonna feel good when I like get undressed to hop in the Mm -hmm. shower or whatever the case may be because you don't you do see yourself in the mirror when you get undressed at Mm -hmm. the end of the day and you know maybe catching a a glimpse of yourself in that like super sexy piece that you bought um Mm -hmm. it it can help kind of give you that little bit of a mood booster at the end of the day and I think that's important is feeling good no matter what we have another um, presenter, Alex, um, Alexandra McHugh. Um, Alex um, says that she likes to 
there are many times that when she has a trying day coming up or a challenging day coming up, she likes to uh, put on so what she calls her super her superwoman outfit, which again nobody's going to see except for Alex. But Alex says, you know, she wants to own that day, and she knows that there's certain things that she wears that gives puts her in that mindset to own the day. Yeah, that sounds about right. I've I've definitely had days where I wake up and I'm not feeling quite as good as I think I I need to to take on that day, whether it be, you know, just a high stress day or or whatever I've got going on. And picking out the right type of underwear can really make or break your day. You know, beyond feeling good, uh, you also mm-hmm. want to be comfortable and I can attest uh one of the reviews I just did uh for a company their underwear was absurdly uncomfortable um mm-hmm. it was very tight and it pinched um pinched the skin a lot i, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say i would put something like that on when i have a hard day ahead of me because it's gonna feel physically uncomfortable throughout the day and i'm gonna sure. be annoyed that my underwear is riding up my butt all day versus mm-hmm. wearing something that i know makes me feel good but also fits well enough that I'm not going to have to think about it throughout the day and I'm going to be able to focus on the tasks at hand. Let me ask you a question from a um, professional standpoint. Now you Mm -hmm. obviously your model. Yep. And you know the business. What are some of the most important things that you would recommend a person um, have in their wardrobe? Four or five things that uh, are are vital items. You know, doesn't have to be expensive, but vital items that you think that people should have in their lingerie collection. See, when you said vital things for modeling, the first thing I thought of was a really good pair of jeans. Something mm-hmm. that, and I know this is a lingerie, but I will argue that a really good pair of jeans can make or break you. Um, beyond you know, jeans can make you look really good. They can really mm-hmm. accent the butt and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, finding a good pair of comfortable jeans uh, is really, really important. Um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I wear jeans a lot in boudoir shoots. I I had a shoot on Friday and I was wearing jeans in the shoot and it was a boudoir mm-hmm. shoot and it was, it could really affect um the overall look of of an outfit is is a really good pair of jeans um i think a pair of shoes that you're comfortable in um so we all have every model has a pair of heels that are ridiculously uncomfortable but they look really good um if you're doing a long shoot day where you're in those shoes for several hours i mean every model has a different definition of a long day I've done runway days where I'm you know prepping for eight hours versus a quick shoot in the morning where it's you know a 30 minute shoot but having a pair of really comfortable heels that also look really good I think is important Um, and that just takes time I think especially if you aren't used to wearing heels you just need to find heels that work for you um, and that look good with kind of any anything that you throw together so generally speaking that would be a pair of black heels or a pair of nude heels 
Sometimes mm -hmm. you can even get away with red, um, but something that would just fit with everything. Mm -hmm. And then your basics of like having your basic blacks. So black t-shirts, black pants, black lingerie, all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And then I think there should be a degree of comfort and skill in being able to put together outfits with whatever you have laying around. Um, and that just comes with practice. I know when I'm prepping for shoots, my uh, my bedroom turns into a bit of a clothing explosion um, <laughs> because I'll just be like pulling everything out of my drawers to find the exact outfit that I'm looking for for the vision that I have or that the photographer has or the magazine, like whoever I'm working with that that day. It's, you know, I, I'm looking for a very specific look and I know I have that one t-shirt somewhere in my drawer and sometimes it just takes me a minute and requires me emptying out several drawers worth of clothes all over the floor it's a messy process anybody who tells you being a model is a clean process probably has their life more put together than i do well there's also the the um part of modeling which is not glamorous uh, the getting up at three o'clock to four o'clock in the morning to do shoots to, you know, the running around the, um, the constant, you know, um, attempts to make certain that, um, you know, you've got just the right lighting, just the right shot, just the right, um, composure for them things. It's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot more difficult work than I think people give, um, um, give thought to. A hundred percent. I almost religiously have a nap after every modeling shoot I come back from because it's just like I got up, I had to, generally speaking, I'll do my own makeup. If certain shoots, uh, they'll hire makeup artists. Um, mm -hmm. I always have to do my own hair because I have dreadlocks and 99% of um, hair artists are not familiar with how to work with dreadlocks. So I generally have to do my hair myself, um, which is usually why my hair's down for most photo shoots because it's the easiest way for people to deal with it I guess um, right. but there's a lot of those aspects where it's you know it's been a really long day and even if it, even if I was only modeling for an hour it was probably four to six hours worth of work mm -hmm. and when I come home all I want to do is cuddle my dog and have a nap and 90% of the time, that's what I do is I come home and I I just snooze for an hour and cuddle my dog. It doesn't even necessarily need to be sleeping, but it just to like sit and just relax, I think, is something super important. And that a lot of people forget to do is just to take mm -hmm. time to themselves after they, they put in a hard day's work. Um, but people definitely assume that modeling is easy and simple and and we're not putting in a lot of work when in reality there's a lot of pre-shoot stuff we put into so you know picking out outfits deciding on how we're doing our makeup deciding on how we're doing our hair for me I have the sides of my head shaved so I have to make sure that my side shaves are are well maintained mm. uh, there's just you know the regular grooming because a lot of a lot of art nude and stuff like that they they don't mm. want a lot of body hair so you have to maintain you know shaving your legs and and everything mm. else so there's a lot of work that goes into it that I think people are very dismissive of until they get into the industry and then they see it and they realize how much work models actually put into their 
into their job. And that's not including models who work out six days a week. Well, I know myself uh, having produced a number of uh, fashion week productions uh, here in the United States and in Paris um, of the couture and, and just about any type that you can imagine from also doing swimwear on the beach you know at five o'clock in the morning when the sun is just about coming up and and it's you know it's 51 or 52 degrees um what is out that there translated celsius do you know yeah it's uh, it's like about uh i don't know about 10 degrees celsius something in that realm sorry um, i am very unfamiliar with fahrenheit Okay, that's cool. Don't worry about it. It's just say let's maybe just say it's much cooler than one would think at the beach that early in the morning. But, I've definitely uh, I've definitely done it. I've I my first outdoor nude shoot, mm-hmm. it was ten degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. Um and I was in the middle of a forest completely naked and I was like, This mm-hmm. is the worst day. I wanna go home and have a nap. And I didn't get to go home and have a nap. I was doing a right. body painting shoot the that evening. So I went home. Right got changed and went to my next shoot i can you know people say to me well gosh you must that's very glamorous you must and all the sexy things that have come out of it right and i go i gotta tell you something it is the least sexy thing it's the least you know it's the least um entertaining thing that i could possibly have ever done now it doesn't come out that way whenever it's all put together mm-hmm. after the editing and all that goes into it. But during the course of the day, I mean, people are running all over the place, as you know, lighting things are going on. You have, you're barely paying attention to anything other than what you see in the camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And I, I think there's a lot of stress that goes on around that. it is crazy. And I will say this, some of the most amazing and and nearly uh, tragic situations have happened during bridal shoots because of these gowns costing you know upwards of 50 to 75 to well over a hundred thousand dollars and you've got you know uh, models jumping in and out of them many of them actually getting uh, skin burns from the tightness of the gown and the weight of the gown getting jumping in and out of them uh, for runway situations. Um, You know, they, they literally at the end of the day go home and apply vast amounts of cream because they have taken a beating body wise during the course of the day, jumping in and out of these expensive uh, couture gowns. Yeah. The people who work, as models, I think are some of the most underappreciated people who uh, who work in the arts industries because you know the photographers get appreciated, and I know this as a photographer, and a lot mm-hmm. of my friends are photographers. You know, they get this this vast amount of appreciation about how you know they must have put all this time into learning in their craft and and learning Photoshop and and the time and the money that they spent in getting their equipment and everything else, and then. The models are they're told you know they're the pretty ones or they're sexy or whatever but they're like you don't understand how much work you know was put into this one specific shot you know it standing with your hip almost popping out of your out of its socket for five ten fifteen minutes 
can cause a lot of pain and a lot of damage. I mean, I've come home from shoots and gone to bed and the next morning I've woken up in excruciating amounts of pain because my body mm-hmm. is just wrecked from having to hold specific poses or things like that. Or, you know, it's, it can be really difficult. And, and I mean, generally speaking, um, you'll see like these big glamorous shots of like, mm-hmm. um, I did a rooftop shoot a while ago and I put myself in a very precarious situation and all of my photographers were, you know, standing 30 feet back on the safety of the roof versus me, who is essentially teetering on the edge of, right, you of off the, the roof. Edge. And the photographers are sitting there safe as can be. I'm the one putting myself at risk. And mm-hmm. that's generally how it goes. And I, I tend to be the one who will go out of my way and thank models for putting the effort in, whether it be me shooting or whether it be me seeing a really really cool shot that I know was difficult to get right and reaching out to those models and just letting them know that I thought they did a really good job of whatever they were doing that day well I can say from my own personal experience in you know doing video um that I've never wanted or asked a model to do anything which I felt would be in any way shape or form uh putting them in in any dire straits of any sort um simply because, you know, nothing is worth that type of, of craziness. Um, but, you know, let's change subject for just a second. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about lingerie lowdown. I mean, from that standpoint, one of the great things about lingerie lowdown is you can have fun doing it because you you are the person who gives the unbiased um, and, and entertaining thing. You were talking about the underwear that you felt was pinching and not very comfortable if you didn't like it you have the ability when you're you know giving people a review on lingerie lowdown to say you know what uh it might work for you but for me not so much i honestly i tell people constantly i have the best job in the world where i get that opportunity to talk about things that i think i'm super passionate about um, and yeah, lingerie is one of those things because as we were touched base on earlier and like lingerie can, can make or break your mood. So for me, being able to talk about uh, brands that are known for doing good things and brands that are known for doing less good things. And um, I think it's important to talk about. And I know with discussing with everybody, like all the models and, and stuff re- recently, we've been discussing a lot of the use of plastic in what we do. And there is a lot of absurd uses of plastic. I mean, I just, I ordered a t-shirt online the other day and I got it in this morning and not only did it come in the plastic bag that they ship it in, but it came inside of another plastic bag inside of that. So we, as a company, have really cracked down on on using less and less plastic, mm-hmm. which I think is a really big, important step to take. I know we've I gone agree. the way of, of compostable plastics, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um and to me, being able to discuss things like that, I, I don't think you can get a better job than being able to talk about something you're passionate about and, and get paid to do so. And I mean, I, I brag about it all the time. I, I tell friends all the time that I think I have the best job in the world to be able to have the privilege of talking about these things with other people and being able to try different companies that I never would have thought to try. and and experience 
new levels of lingerie and and things mm -hmm. like that and i think it's a lot of fun and really well, not vital having to... the pressure not also having the pressure of endorsing something when it's something you don't agree with it. yeah i know there's there's some people out there who will and i absolutely refuse to endorse brands or people that i don't fully believe in and that does mean that i will sit down and i'll do a whole bunch of research into the company that i'm working with and make sure that it's a company that i i'm willing to put my face on their brand because at the end of the day my face is my brand and if i'm talking about a company that i don't fully believe in 100% then it's i don't know i i would think it it wouldn't be very fair to myself and not very true to myself to talk about them in a good light then well, the other part of the equation is that the companies that work with Lingerie Lowdown, um, I've spoken to their brand managers and, and we've had them on as guests, and they they take very uh, sincerely uh, to heart any criticisms that are given to them by the, the models because they know that you all are being honest. And if they can't, if you have uh, something you are not comfortable with or you have something you feel is a mistake, um, they realize that selling it is not going to come easy and they'll actually uh, use that input to hopefully make the garments better. That's really great to hear, genuinely. Like hearing that brands are taking people seriously when they're talking about it. And I mean, we are in a bit of a position of power. I know the website mm -hmm. gets it has quite a few people watching and things like that. So mm -hmm. clearly, you know, these brands are, if, if I give a negative review about, um, mm -hmm. you know, the company that I was just talking about with the underwear being super tight and not comfortable, right. um, people are going to see those and that is going to affect whether or not they purchase from that company. Mm -hmm. So seeing that brands are actually taking that seriously, I think is, is nice to hear to say the least mm -hmm. because there are so many times where companies will just ignore people when they leave negative reviews on say their website right well missy i gotta tell you it's been a real treat um having you as guest today now uh this comes to the part of the show where we can allow you to give shameless plugs so by all means tell us about we talked about your website earlier please give us that website we'll also um highlight in the show box below so by all means let's talk about your where people can follow you on social media on your website and on instagram or anywhere else that uh, you want them obviously they can find you on uh, lodge below down the website but let's talk a little bit about uh, where they can find you both on your own personal website as well as your instagram or anywhere else on social media you'd like them to follow you so I think the best way to keep in, t in contact with me is, of course, my Instagram, uh, the Missy Brett with two T's. Um, that would probably be the best way. And that's where I put all of my updates about life and about things that are going on and photos of my dog and photos of the kitten, because everybody knows that dogs and cats are the cutest things in the world. Um, and then if you want to read, I'm working real hard on bringing the blog back. I've had a couple of people complain that I stopped writing. Um, missybrat.ca not .com make sure it's .ca because it is a Canadian URL mm -hmm. um, and you can see 
not only can you read up about what's going on and I'm doing reviews on uh, sex toys and things like that and talking about my experiences and in the sex industry and things like that and uh, talking about sex education um, but beyond that you can also find uh, photos of the nipples because everybody knows that we can't have nipples on Instagram so you can always find that on my website as well as any links to uh, my lingerie lowdown pages and all of that stuff so all of that is on the website but you can find that through my Instagram which is like I said the Missy Brat with two T's because when I picked out that username uh, apparently somebody already took the one with one T so that's where you can find me I am pretty much updating everything daily on Instagram you'll see new stuff from me every day from different photographers from anywhere from really cool urban shots that we've been doing and um i'm currently in the process of editing some boudoir photos that i just did um so there's always new stuff to look out for missy thanks a lot and we look forward to uh, chatting with you again down the line thank you so much jim thanks for having me on special thanks to our guest today missy bratt for joining us by all means, check her out on Lingerie Low Down the website. For everyone here at Lingerie Low Down the podcast, I'm Jim Williams. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you in a fortnight. Enjoy. <laughs>